Welcome to the One Signal Podcast, where we aim to educate listeners on product industry and best practices to retain and grow your customer base. This is your host, Josh Wetzel. We've got a great guest today for you, Art Dogtf, head of content and business of apps and host of the popular app podcast, The Business of Apps. Art is here to give us take on how AI will impact digital marketing. We appreciate you joining us today, Art. Welcome to the One Signal Podcast. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on your podcast. We're turning to the tables. You were a guest on my podcast a few weeks ago, and now I'm your guest. And we love Business of Apps. We've been working with you guys in, in different forms, so really appreciate that. I'd love to understand, what's your career journey been? Oh, boy. Uh, so let's uh, go back in time. I started in the early 2000s in digital marketing, starting with the uh, you know quite popular job of that day, search engine optimization guy. The business was in its infancy, and I was one of those guys who jumped on the bank wagon back then, getting my first experience in digital marketing. Switching forward uh, in 2009, I think it was late fall, when I joined the company that was in the uh, software development, uh, which was kind of an transition going from software development in general to mobile development. So the guys were looking for folks to be part of their marketing team. Yep. So I joined their company and moving forward, 2000, late 2015, I joined Socket Media, which you guys know as businessofapps.com to be part of the team and expand the content, you know, writing articles, creating podcasts and stuff. And so here I am. That's my business uh, trajectory. Just a few words about what I do like doing in life. Traveling, uh, reading books, uh, sci-fi is my favorite. I love to double myself into physics, ecology, anthropology, and uh, listening to podcasts a lot since 2005, pretty much, you know, from the get-go. So, yeah, I've been listening to podcasts a lot, and uh, now it's my chance to be part of a podcast. So 2005 for you in podcasts, that was before kind of traditional new mobile phones, Will you listen to them on your computer or do you download no, them no, onto no. an MP3 player? MP3, that was the iPod uh, mini, six gig yep. model. Yep. Uh, one of those tiny, uh, neat things. I think I can still have it in my drawer somewhere at home. But that was my first one to listen to podcasts. I didn't listen to music that much, but podcast was my first love and it's still my love. Yeah, that's good. I really love podcasts too. I walk my dogs. I even I work out and exercise. I'm just constantly listening to podcasts. So I'm with you. Absolutely. And unfortunately, you've had to you relocate. So you're, you're forced travel now, yep. leaving your home country and you're now in Canada. Obviously, that's been difficult, but it's probably opened up some opportunities for travel and exploration and adventure. Yeah, exactly. I've been traveling a lot prior to that moment. Um since again, 2002 to 2003, I've been traveling a lot through Europe. Being closer to Europe, obviously, it was easier. Uh, it was an option for me to explore, but it was pretty hard to get to North America, you know, financially and, you know, in terms of getting a visa. Now I'm here, I can kind of switch into explore a local area and, uh, you know, check out the places which were kind of a cutoff for me back then. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Well, we have you on the show today, as I mentioned up at the start, to talk about how artificial intelligence, machine learning, the term everyone's talking about is generative AI, 
What's your perspective on how it will impact digital marketing? Maybe we'll start with a short term and we can kind of go long term. I think I should just give a few words about what is generative AI and probably even a little bit broader about what is AI right now and uh, just a small little lesson of history because the whole idea actually started back in 1950s, the concept of creating AI Obviously, you know, the era, you know, prior personal computer, prior to actually any computer sitting on the table or using it in business. But the idea was to create artificial intelligence to solve a lot of problems in science and society. The huge part of the uh, evolution was dedicated to so-called top-down approach. People were trying to create an AI mimicking human brain trying to explain the whole set of concepts to a computer so they can become a human being. The whole enterprise lasted for decades, and it turned out that that was not just possible. There was a term, I winter, where the interest waned, and people kind of moved on with other uh, topics. But in the early 2000s, we saw the new kind of a there were a few up and downs between 1950s and uh, 2000, early 2000. But by 2004 or five, that time frame, AI got this new um, was reborn from the different approach, which is bottom up. Uh, when you're uh, learning as a system, just like a human being, uh, when a child is learning new concept, uh, exploring different options and getting this, this knowledge not in a blank slate but not giving the concept of what it is and being able to recognize the pattern and going from there, he's learning to understand that the variety of dogs in front of him also so this is the same species, even though the sizes are so different. So the AI of early 2000 up to 2015 was, we're getting AI that can recognize image on your phone. I mean, the human faces, different objects in the image, the same went for sound, for audio, you know, Siri in your pocket can talk, you can talk to it, can understand what you're saying and give you the meaningful answer. But then it was the third part, generative AI, when we're kind of flipping this script. The AI can understand a lot of patterns in video, image, text, and now we're giving the task to generate the content for us. And the the whole glory of ChatGPT you can see right now is based on this idea that it can actually generate a text um, really cohesively and meaningfully uh, based on a huge amount of data trained to create not only not only giving simple answers but writing articles, poems, titles for your marketing campaign, just you know going closer to your uh, to the topic to the digital marketing a lot of text creatives can be created using chat gpt there are systems for video content generation that are against just like chat gpt based on your prompts uh you're giving to the system yep. and you're giving the library of characters tones video background music so it can pile a video and the same goes for the audio like the third part of the content generation equation but there are certain limitations. I think the text uh, being the you know, the most impactful right now because it's easier in terms of processing power of the hardware, in terms of math, and we can see the result, the immediate result right now. Yep. We're using ChatGPT, uh, and a lot of companies are getting on board, start using the system as a part of their service. 
I see big potential for generating new ideas. You know, when you're brainstorming your idea, sitting in your office for, you know, advertising your, your product, you're always limited with your own brain. Probably, you know, a couple of brains of people in your team. But with the generative AI, you can go way beyond that limitation. You can tap into way more volume of data, which previously... And to this day, it's just not conceivable for, for a single human being to process and actually do something meaningful about it. Yep. We are at that stage where AI can actually deliver on all those investments that were have been taking place for a while. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty powerful. When you think about like near term, especially in your role around content yep. and really kind of being a journalist around mobile ecosystem, building mobile apps? How do you grow and build an audience? Are there areas that you're seeing like, hey, this will help me in my job or like people you're talking to that you feel like, oh yeah, that makes sense. This is where they're having value from it. Absolutely. Like for me, the lowest hanging fruit would be abstract optimization. The area where you have to come up with the set of keywords to rank your app on the app store and you have to build not only that set, but, you know, optimize your title, the company is a app name, um, description, the whole set of um, abstract innovation techniques that all require actually generating a text, describing your application. So yep. in a lot of instances, there's always a challenge, even though you've been having, you know, under your fingertips, a number of uh, abstract innovation tools that, that you know, were uh, built recently, but still there is always this challenge to move forward when you try to reach more people, be more diverse, and uh, that constant brainstorming, what's the next uh, set of keywords I can explore? How can I be more efficient? How can I actually link my app to the people who will be benefiting from that app more efficiently? Am I missing something? Am I, am I am I missing the words that just no, do not come to my mind because my vocabulary, my background, my social status, it's, it's different. I just do not speak the same language with other people. So I see OpenAI be really helpful to bridge that gap for me and um, probably creating simple video ads. I can see that's pretty doable right now. Obviously, there's no way you can create a dynamic uh, video ad was a lot of action you like you would expect on a real you know uh, scene when you have uh, you know your uh, your camera and people uh, acting in front of a camera. Right now, generative AI for video is um, more static. It's based on characters, uh, just you know, kind of sitting in front of a camera. Not a lot of dynamics, but still, it's a video clip, and it allows you to save. I would say a good chunk of money for producing the same content uh, all the way without using a generative AI yep. to create video ads. So this is kind of a two pieces that I see to be the most obvious you know, kind of a immediate in terms of the impact of uh, generative AI. When you think out as a future prognosticator, where would you see this having the biggest impact? Well, I think... Uh, you know, there's this trajectory of, so for a while, the the most um, common and um, well-established concept of connecting services and products and their users were search based on intent. Like you're, you're uh, 
looking for a computer, you're just typing a MacBook Pro in your uh, you know Google search, and you get a product in the search results, and you're happy. Then we came to the area where the given the ideas from Facebook that we can actually connect brands and people based on people's interests. We're switching to the behavior model. It worked for a while pretty good. Uh, nobody saw externalities at the beginning. Now we see them. And there is uh, this obvious change with on Apple introduced the ATT framework and uh, Facebook advertising was hit really hard. We see this trend that people are moving away from using third-party data, looking for third-party data, collecting information themselves. Yeah. But still there's need to understand better your potential customers is still there. We'll still want to be able to match your app with the people who benefit from that app better, find these people more efficient and quicker. And I believe AI can be really powerful in analytical part. Generative AI is great, but we need to be able to analyze the cohorts of people you're um, reaching out, be able to address uh, deliver the message uh, for that specific cohort better because you have more information, you have better understanding who are these people. I think this is the good um, goal to be reached for long-term for AI. Okay, that's great. So if I were to summarize, basically, from a near-term app optimization, right? So in in the app store, so what are keywords, what are content you want to be describing, potentially even name of the app, like what yeah. are, you know, sort of the optimization of that. And then on the acquisition side, whether it's building videos for your app to explain the value or doing videos and ads to acquire on the user acquisition side. And then longer term, a lot of kind of more development components you're getting out there. Is that a good summary? Yeah, exactly. Right on. Have you come across this sort of getting to the meat of it in the last question, but do you come across specific services or things out there you would recommend people to try? Yeah, I would recommend the for generating video content. Uh, there's the great platform Synthesia.io. You'll be able to see the uh, how the system works from its demo right on the homepage. The actual character, this trick always is being one of the favorites for demos. So the female character explains how the system works, starting from a first prompt to characterize what kind of video content you want to create. And it goes through the library of other characters, tones of the voice, background music, etc. So it is a thin tesia.io. You can look it up. Don't worry about the actual spelling. You, you will see it if you're looking for a create video AI, it will be on, you know, on top of your Google search. And you can just go ahead and check out the latest Microsoft Edge browser with built-in Bing search and use ChatGPT 4.0, which is the latest version for you to explore things like creating a specific piece of content for your marketing campaign, starting with simple things like a title, then go to a description, even uh Summarizing, um, it, it's great to not, not only to create something from scratch, but summarizing, let's say, a few pieces of text into a quick summary or even come up with a name. If you want to 
come up with a new name and you're just scratching your head, okay, what would be the right name for your app given the criteria I have in my mind? So yeah, ChatGPT, uh, which is part of the Microsoft Bing uh, search engine right now, and Google is uh, is on its way but with some version, but uh, ChatGPT 4.0 is the best ways to experience this thing is within the Bing search engine from Microsoft. Yeah, yeah these two tools are great. I've been using the Bing service for a while now, uh, you know, with the chat kind of functionality with ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. And I actually started uh, using Bard. I got into the the beta. Well, nice. And it's pretty good too. I have to say, I, I've only done a little bit of querying there, and but the responses are great. And I agree. I mean, I think whether it's creating an outline for a podcast or an outline for content marketing, researching stuff for personal usage... There's a lot of really cool things. And and I think you said something really important earlier that I want to highlight, which is your human brain is really complex and you can have great domain expertise. But when you're sitting by yourself and kind of conjuring up, how am I going to write this? What am I going to do? You can be very clever, but by engaging with the AI bots, the chats, if you will, it expands you to a wealth of additional knowledge and just being able to kind of play off of that. What about this? What about that? It's like brainstorming with a group of people in a room. That's actually, I think, the most powerful thing I'm seeing right now. And I I really hadn't synthesized it that way until you said that. So I appreciate that. My pleasure. There's a... So far, I've I've covered the like the bright side, the huge positive impact from using generative AI. But I just want to give a quick word of a caution, which is that we're still talking about the the technology created by humans. It's not been created by aliens. It's still created on Earth, and it's based on information generated by other people. And there's always this creeping problem of biases, which came in the great variety and the content and. It's great to see that I just heard the recent interview by Simon Altman from OpenAI. He was describing his work with the number of professionals who could help them to find the instances where the chat DPT was giving them the false answers, was trying to generate misinformation, basically. So all this check and balances, which still needs to be generated by us human beings, for generative AI to be not only helpful for us, but to not creating any harm. Because we're talking about the, I would say in the next revolution in like after a surge of social media in on its impact on a global scale. And all AI at that level has been limited to a few languages, but it's going to just moving forward across many other languages. And I see that this generative AI uh, paradigm needs to, we need to be cautious. What are the implications of its use on a wide scale where it's, um, there's always externalities behind behind any technologies we're creating. It's just not obvious at the very beginning. So, you know, kind of doing the whole work with the previous mistakes with technology we've been having for the couple of recent decades, we need to be cautious about, you know, negative impact from the AI on the long run and even on the short term. Yeah. That's well said. I think it's it gets a lot of airtime as well. And I think it's important people are thoughtful about how they utilize it. I'm a big believer that in the short term, at least, and maybe even the midterm, the next five years, it really is going to elevate our ability to do our jobs and make some very tactical work become more strategic. But long term, without a doubt, there are concerns 
as you start making things that are generating more and more intellect and ultimately what are their uses for and, and what applications are you putting them in? So, yeah, I mean, right now you can see sources that have been used to generate that answer for you, like in a Bing case, but it may not be the case every time that for every platform, every tool that will be built based on AI, and in some cases you will be just giving the answer and there's no way you can actually see how that answer was generated. You just have to trust the AI at that point, which will be really, um, really tricky. So I, I would really hope that there's always be a chance to actually kind of a backtrack, uh, at least in general terms, how that answer was generated. So you can, you know, catch those instances where the information is trying to creep in. Yeah, agreed. Well, thank you, Art, for joining the podcast. It was always a pleasure speaking with you and I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Josh. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, Art. I appreciate it. Thank Have you so awesome much. Weekend. And by the way, enjoy the maple syrup tasting festival. Thank you, Jeff. I truly am jealous. I would be there in a heartbeat if I lived less than a five-hour flight or four-hour flight. <laughs> so anyhow, Art, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. My pleasure. You too. On that note, please listen to the One Signal podcast at your preferred podcast directory. You can find us at pretty much every location. And if you enjoy the podcast, provide a positive review. And if you're looking for great customer engagement software used by over 1 million companies across the globe, try OneSignal for free today. 